Jeremy Pate, Swan Energy. Imran Khan, Swan Energy. Thank you both for joining the program here today. Wanted to check in on a couple of things happening, of course, in the news, a couple of purchases that have been happening, a couple of things going on in the natural gas world as well. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week as we try to mine some money out there as a bunch of dollars have been pumped into the economy. Plus, we got outside foreign investment dollars. I don't know if flooding's the right word. They're definitely making their way into the oil and gas sector. Gentlemen, have you been following either the natural gas uh, movement, I should say, after Warren Buffett purchased uh, the the pipeline, and just some of the international dollars that are coming in? Um, Jeremy, I'll start with you. Are you following either one of those two trends happening right now in the oil and gas world? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Been uh, really, really keeping an eye on what's going on with the foreign cash and how much of it's available. And... Honestly, I've been quite surprised that there's so much foreign, uh, there's so many foreign funds out there that want to get a piece of American oil and gas. And, and don't get me wrong, I get it. I get it from their aspect of it. But um, I guess it's a little, uh, it's a little confusing to me that our own country countrymen here don't want to do the same thing. Now, taking into account that a lot of those are of our own American countrymen have 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 done it and and it hasn't hasn't uh, worked out too well for them but uh, I've been quite surprised that there's been such a big market for the foreign funds to come over here and invest. Imran, I'm curious about your opinion on that as well. Uh, I've been talking about globalization now for I don't know 10 15 years and you know starting to see oil has always been a global market so it's it's nothing new in that world but this is kind of a new I guess, spin to the globalization with the oil and gas world when you start seeing, you know, Lake Charles getting, you know, the real estate's getting bought up by French companies. And I think there's a Chinese company doing some fracking down in Texas. And just over the last 10 years, I guess I've seen a different globalization happen in the oil and gas sector. Because like I said, it's always been a global economy when it comes to oil and gas. But uh, Emron, just your thoughts on the uh, international monies that are starting to see their way into the American oil industry. Well, you know, I think uh, what you started off with uh, with uh, with um, Warren Buffett. That's that's definitely a local uh, in in uh, U.S. acquisition there, uh, which is great to see. And I, I believe that that's probably something that um, starts that domino effect in a sense. Um, you know, I think recently uh, there was a. Funding globally speaking of Total Securities, uh, they they got uh, Total got about sixteen billion dollars for their uh, LNG project in Mozambique, which is great to see. A lot of that seems to be international. I, you know, from what I read, uh, there's a Bank of Japan and there's some African uh, monies there. So there's a lot of um, a lot of folks that are feeling more comfortable. I believe once some of the larger guys have kind of come in and and taken a look and taken some put in some billions of dollars into that uh, into the oil and gas market. I noticed that Warren Buffett purchase too is kind of uh, symbolic, actually, uh, kind of like, all right, we're you know I mean I really brass tacks you know government's job is to consolidate centralized power and and a lot of that's has been been happening and so when I saw Warren Buffett do that that was to me an indicator that that level of 
investors, that level of capital was now going to kind of go to that next step, if you will. And I'm starting to see that happening a little bit with um, just some some bigger rumors are starting to happen about just, I don't know, whether it be mergers or consolidations, a bunch of different things. I do think, though, once that uh, um, Mexican pipeline opens up even more, like they're talking about, that's going to just be that next springboard to the next level where you're going to see all kinds of activity. So um, anyway, that's that's kind of my, I don't know if either you have a comment on that or a thought. Um, you know, I'll just make a general comment. Um, I think it's, honestly, I think it's pretty telling uh, with all the foreign capital that's flying around uh, towards investments um, here in the U.S. or even in, in generally speaking towards oil and gas. I think that's telling uh, that oil and gas isn't going anywhere, regardless of what the major news outlets and media sources here in the United States may try to may may try to portray. Um, I think the world has a better view of the direction of oil and gas than what we actually might have in our own country, to be honest with you, Jason. One of the things that I think is actually going to happen, and we were talking about this last year a little bit, and it was more of the climate change uh, impact than it was or I should say climate activism impact than it was uh, the COVID shutdown impact, but or even the Saudi Arabia-Russia impact, which all three had significant impacts on the industry. But what we were seeing is a trend where, you know, they were, they were kind of reducing the rigs, but they almost wanted to figure out a way to get that flared gas because if they could figure, if they could almost invert or divert or, figure out a way to invest some dollars to capture that natural gas, they could probably keep up on the crude oil production side. And I think that natural gas side is just going to explode uh, even more. So God, I got my bill the other day from my natural gas provider. It was 10 bucks for the month. I mean, how are they making any money? So anyway. Yeah, I don't know, but it, 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 it leads to a conversation of why are we not using more natural gas for electricity generation. That's what it comes down to. That That is the new future for electricity generation is utilizing natural gas. It makes way too much sense here in the U.S. not to do that with the amount of natural gas we have and even in other places in other parts of the world. That's a very interesting perspective because my first thought was most of natural gas for power almost seems like it's used for, for storage being used to store batteries, you know, Tesla batteries and a lot of, uh, you know, you use it as kind of a, a, a um, uh, ancillary or additional uh, service to a different type of wind energy or solar energy. You know, it's a secondary source, if you will. Um, that's interesting from a perspective of, you know what, maybe we should go back to something along those lines where it is first as opposed to a supplement or a supportive type of a uh, uh, energy source, I guess. Imran, your thoughts on that, uh, becoming more of a foundation fuel natural gas? Yeah, it, it definitely needs to. I, uh, I believe it's slowly happening, um, you know, compared to what the numbers look like in uh, gas converted over to electricity back in the 90s to what it is today. It's definitely gone up quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the industry and also uh, the the users themselves have been adapting, uh, just taking a little bit longer than what we would be hoping to, for it to take over the way it needs to be done. 
innovation side, are you guys seeing any progress on the innovation side when it comes to natural gas? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people, but a lot of companies right now that are very focused on the LNG side and LNG exports. Uh, so you you're seeing a lot of movement uh, along those lines, like with the Total thing. You know, I noticed uh, Shell has uh, got their Prelude um, uh, platform in Australia. They've got it back up and they're getting it operational. So you're going to see large exports of LNG uh, coming on coming from that side of the world, the Eastern Hemisphere. Uh, uh, but you know, there's some South Texas, deep South Texas projects where there's old legacy gas fields down there. Um, Chenier just put in a. Uh, they just installed uh, last year or so, completed the install of a LNG uh, export down there, and I, I think they're getting some competition down there in Brownsville as well. So. Um, I think that slowly but surely uh, things are picking up for natural gas, and I, I, I'm really, really positive and optimistic that natural gas will will be a sustainable revenue stream and fuel for our economy going forward. I think it's going to be a very instrumental part to whatever direction Absolutely. we're going. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm, when I look at Lake Charles, Corpus Christi, when I look at these port cities and what they're doing with poly polymers and plastics and petrochemical plants and that sort of thing, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a psychic to see the tea leaves on this, to see where natural gas is going. And even that, right. even that Michael Moore's Planet of the Humans was really a fantastic two-hour documentary promoting natural gas, I thought. Yeah, no, you're right. I watched I watched a little bit of it. I couldn't uh, I couldn't stomach the whole thing, but I did watch some of it. And I was like sitting there, you know, I, I, I guess I was thinking the same thing you were, you know, that, uh, um, you know, this guy's doing nothing but proving our point here. Imran, transfer over to you a little bit about some of the, you know, either innovation or just some of the port cities that are really gearing up for what seems to be this uh, – you know, next wave of natural gas. If you want to comment on the Michael Moore thing too, that's fine too. Yeah, well, on the on the um, fuel part of it, one of the biggest things there is probably going to be. So, from a natural gas perspective, the, the the issue is that it's it's gas, right? So, in order to be able to capture it, you have to liquefy it. Um, I think from an innovation standpoint, you know, I know that there is a lot of um, progress that's being made around truck. Uh, usage and using LNG to fuel trucks uh, by by creating and using LNG, your your BTU output obviously gets it, it increases uh, overall from just a natural gas gas perspective, right? So I think there's a lot of work that's being done around those areas. Um, the Michael Moore stuff, I I don't really have too much of a comment on. <laughs> no, that's okay. I just I mean you're not a Michael Moore fan, Imran. I, no, no comment. <laughs> I, I was just surprised, actually, that it was uh, pro towards even a, any fossil fuels at all, and, and they just went after more of the capitalistic side of things and everything else. But anyway, that's, that's a different deal. You brought up LNG, great, great uh, topic there. CNG, of course, is something, is, is another one of these. You know, we, we're looking at the rail getting ready to have a, either haul some dapple Crude oil, if that if that gets shut down again, or if these other pipelines don't get built, 
It seems like the rail's getting ready. The truckers have been kind of told to get ready. I don't know how Cummings uh, engines are doing with natural gas, but uh, you guys would probably know more about the trucking natural gas side of things. But there's the rail, too, and, and that just seems like when the rail gets to that, I think it's CNG they're using, uh, that that's going to go to the next step, too, is, is that. Um, I don't know if you follow the, the other liquids that come out of uh, natural gas or not. Yeah, I think CNG, in, in the real difference between CNG and LNG is LNG is just more compressed, right? Uh, but, you know, from a fueling standpoint, honestly, the U.S., we're kind of more into gasoline, and obviously electricity is becoming bigger. I mean, I, I don't know, whatever, it's 1% of the market now or uh, however much it is. But, you know, CNG vehicles, you know, they're used in Europe, they're used in uh, uh, South America, um, you know, Basically, in, in those places, you can be able to, there's switches on vehicles that kind of switch through the mm-hmm. different types of fuels to be able to use whatever you need. You know, I, I believe in, in the U.S., we're just not so receptive to so many different technologies. But, you know, in order to be able to convert over uh, a gasoline motor into a CNG uh, type of setup, you know, nowadays they, they've got kits out there that can kind of mm-hmm. do all that all that stuff. But I think from a consumer standpoint, you know, folks aren't really you know, they're, they're not ready for that just yet. And I think part, part of that's probably because, you know, it's still new and no one's really taking it on. There's a, there's a chicken and the egg situation there, uh, I believe, to where folks don't really trust it as much, although it's definitely a cleaner fuel. So from that perspective, there's less engine wear and tear, uh, which is obviously better for you in the long run. Jeremy, how about an update from the field? Were you out there making any phone calls this week, talking to anybody out there? Uh, yeah, you know, um, um, we had a little situation come up where we've 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 got to go do a work over next week on one of our wells. So, uh, been talking to a few folks. You know, I'm planning a couple projects up in Motley County, Texas, uh, with a partner. Um, so we're looking at uh, doing a couple different things. You know, we've got some of our own work up in Leon County that that we're going to do here in the next four to six weeks or so. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's. You know, it's, it's funny that you ask that because there's some there's some deals that are starting to hit the market. I think I'm on record on your show um, saying that uh, full uh, hedges were fool's gold and and that the Q4 is going to be a bloodbath. And I think we're starting to preemptively see um, some of that stuff start to come to fruition. Um, my my guy David Ramson Wood even made a post about it that, uh, on LinkedIn this morning. Um, something similar. So. Uh, I think we're kind of we're getting into we're approaching Q4 here, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, as far as Swan goes, you know we're we're full steam ahead. You know we're trying to make some deals, uh, get some projects, and and get some get some wells going, and and take advantage of the uh, these uncertain times. How about you, Emron? Anything new and exciting happen in your area of expertise in the oil and gas world this week? Well, first off, I want to say that I believe Jeremy is just always on the phone, making and making and doing deals. In fact, right before this call, he was in my office, and you know, he got a call from someone in regards to some some deals that he's uh, looking into. So, uh, yeah, I think we're always looking at different things that are going on. Um, you know, overall, we're we're just you know anticipating probably in the next uh, few months doing more acquisitions than we have been. Um, mainly just from, you know, from what we've been seeing, we're getting a lot more, um, offers of, of different cash deals that are, 
you know, we're, we're not there before. Um, and, and, and a lot of it is things that we're already participating in, uh, where someone else has maybe dropped off and we're getting an opportunity to be able to um, double double the size of our opportunities. So, you know, we're taking on those whenever we can just because they're, they're low risk from that perspective for us and our investors. And um, it, it provides a, a, a good return in, in these markets. So um, being able to deploy capital in assets where uh, the risk factor is lower, considering that in, in some cases, you know, there, there's already drilled operations that are going on that just needs capital to kind of keep it moving. Um, those are great opportunities to be able to get into. Um, and and we're, we're definitely focusing on all of the low-hanging fruit in those areas and, and, uh, and capturing those um, whenever we can.